0: Well, we started a new series, meaning we talk about a topic for several weeks at a time. Started a new one last week called Peace of Mind. And I have to say, I've got probably more positive, mostly, feedback on that message and that series than any I can remember. So evidently, it is something that is real and important to all of us. Today's topic is Anxiety, Heal My Anxious Mind. We started with a verse, a prayer, a prayer of Paul's for some folks in Thessalonica, which also can be a prayer for you and I. And so let's read that. Now may the God of peace, where's the source of peace? The God of peace, right? So may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again, which can only be done by Jesus. God will make this happen. He's called you He who has called you is faithful. Then we made this statement: Peace isn't found in the absence of problems, because none of us are problem-free, if not for very long, are we? So how can you have peace when we're not problem-free? Because we can have it in the presence of God. Now, way back when, when I was 17, I accepted a call. I felt a calling of God to be a pastor. I was scared to death of saying yes to that. So I told God, okay, we'll take it a step at a time. So I went through college. I didn't act upon this calling other than getting schooling. So then I went on to seminary four years later and I decided, I guess one of these days I'm going to have to get up in front of people and talk, right? (laughs) That's what pastors do. And so with fear and trepidation, lots of anxiety, butterflies, we can use lots of different terms, I got up and and uh, preach my first sermon. But when we have all that anxiety, uh, sometimes other people say it to us, sometimes we just think it. I shouldn't. I should just have enough faith. That's not to bother me, right? And uh, especially it's a little intimidating getting up and supposedly speaking for God. Most of you don't have to do that. I have to do that. So it is a little intimidating. So, the first verse we're going to talk about this morning is my text from my first sermon back a long time ago. Anyway, we we'll, won't we'll figure it up. So it's Philippians chapter 4. And thinking back, I don't know why this was the text I chose, maybe because of the anxiety I had of getting up and speaking. <clears throat> Rejoice in the Lord always, delight, take pleasure in Him. Again, I will say, Rejoice. So if you didn't get the first time he repeats it, make sure you get, get the point. Uh, one way of saying this is to celebrate God. Uh, that's something you and I should be able to do, whether things are going well or not, whether we have anxiety or not. God's still God. Then the text goes on. Let your gentle spirit, that's a nice phrase, in it. gentle spirit, graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience <clears throat> be known to all people. That's what people should see on us. See from us. Um, One way of saying is to let people know that you're on their side. And sometimes as church people, we get condemned because we don't act like we're on their side. My wife uses the term with us sometimes when we get in a little discussion to say we're on the same team. All right, and the Lord is near, so the Lord is available. He's close to us. Then we get to the verse that is the problem. <laughs> it says, don't be anxious about anything. Some translations, the word worry. I think worthy is probably a better translation. And we're, also, we're actually going to distinguish anxiety from worry. Uh, we're going to talk about worry in a couple weeks. Uh, instead, now you just can't say, oh, I won't be, be anxious. You have to replace it with something else. So he says, instead, in every situation, whatever dilemma we have, whatever anxiety we have, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your request to God. And we'll get back to that in a few minutes. Now, for most of us, we read that and we said, probably all of us, that's not possible. And I'm going to claim this morning that it's not, it's not natural not to have anxiety. Anx- anxiety is a natural part of being a human, Our human nature. Now, the Greek word um, here that we translate anxious literally means this. It's merim merim now. (laughs) Dwelling on, dwelling or pondering on, excuse me, fearful or anxious thoughts. That's why I think it's more of a definition of worry than anxious. It's when we dwell on the anxious thought. The anxious thoughts are a different category, if you will. So we get anxious about lots of things. Uh, if you go to the grocery store and you see the price of things, uh, or any store, uh, you can get anxious. Do I have enough money to to live in this economy, right? Especially if you got five kids to feed. Uh, I can't imagine. Or if you watch the news. If you watch the ver- news for very long, can you do that without being anxious? I don't think so. I don't watch the news. I, I read it a short. I can usually get through that without being anxious. Um, Health issues, relationship issues, a lot of things you get anxious about, right? Potentially. I thought this was fascinating. This is a study from 2019. Remember that, 2019. Survey, two-thirds of the Americans said they were anxious or extremely anxious. 2019. Uh, When did COVID happen? 2020, so this is pre-COVID. I can't imagine if they did the survey in 2020, what the statistics would show. It would be probably 90 plus percent, right, of Americans felt anxious or extremely anxious. Now, most of us, probably all of us, have been students at one time in our life, right? At least high school, maybe college. Another survey said this, 91%, probably should be 100%, of high school or college students reported consistent and significant levels of anxiety asso- associated with stress. So we want to talk about that today. Now, all through this series we're going to say this is co- these are complex issues. I don't know a lot about the psychological part. Um, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I'm going to talk more about the spiritual part. Um, but we're going to try and help you with your anxious thoughts. Now, we probably we all have, I don't have my phone up here. We all see a I've seen a, a, a phone number come up in a text or a call, but as soon as you get it, you get anxiety, don't you? In fact, some of you may get anxiety if you see my phone number <laughs> show up on your phone. Why in the world the pastor want to talk to me? All right? So, we all experience anxiety. The problem is, as believers, and if you're not, we're glad that you're here, but most of us as believers, we know that verse about it, it's supposed to have anxiety, so I start feeling guilty for the fact that I have anxiety. It causes more anxiety, doesn't it? So I got to thinking a lot about anxiety. And so I want to read you something from Jesus' life. Right? Was Jesus ever anxious? You ever wonder? <laughs> I want to make the case, the suggestion, I think the Scripture bears it out, Then he did. So this is on the last night of his life. He's got less than 24 hours to live. He's spent some time with his disciples. Then he goes out into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Now notice how Matthew describes this incident. He, meaning Jesus, took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed, this translation uses. That sounds like anxiety and stress to me. All right. Then he said, my soul is crushed with grief. Now, I don't know the best way to translate that, but anxiety definitely is part of your soul being crushed, isn't it? Stay here and keep watch with me. And the text goes on. He said, he went a little farther. This translation says bowed with his face to a ground. One translation says he threw himself down on the ground, which sounds more accurate probably. We probably don't throw ourselves down on the ground. We might throw ourselves on the couch or on a bed when we are uh, really frustrated, uh, really anxious. Then this is my prayer, my Father, if it is possible. Now, this is an interesting question, isn't it? Because isn't there a Bible verse that says all things are possible? Well, is it possible or isn't it possible? theoretically Jesus could have not went to the cross, but not if he did what he came to do. They were at odds. So if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Okay, so I've got this anxiety, this stress about what's going to happen to me. Yet, notice what he said, I want your will to be done, not mine. And I think at that point his anxiety level went down because he completely trusted his Father to know what is best. But let me ask you some more questions then. Then is anxiety a sin? Or is it just part of being human? And I would claim it's just part of being human. Anxiety or stress is natural. In fact, not all stress is bad, is it? You want to work out your muscles? You put stress on them, right? One of the way we grow as people, we mature as people, is because handling stress in a proper way. So I, I put it on your outline. We can argue or discuss it later if you don't agree with me. But anxiety is not a sin. Unless you just call what Jesus did something different. But if Jesus had anxiety, it couldn't be a sin. So what is it? If it's not a sin, what is anxiety? I'm going to suggest it to you to, it is a signal or a symptom or a signal. So, we've used this illustration before. This, uh, a light lights up on the dash of your car. All right? Well, did your car sin? Is anything broken, usually, at that point? No. It's a symptom or a signal saying, here's something you need to do, otherwise we're headed for a problem. There's going to be a problem. Something will break. So, when we have anxiety, we are often struggling with something, right? Some area. Now, usually we can negotiate or manage a little bit of stress, right? One area of financial stress or physical stress or relationship stress. But when you don't have just one area of stress or not even just two areas of stress, when you have... Three areas of stress, it really gets difficult, doesn't it? I'll tell you about a time in in our lives when this happened. Actually, it was 20 years ago. And it was Easter, and our daughter didn't come home. She was driving a pickup truck at the time. She had a boyfriend. So the truck wasn't running or something. So she told us to come pick her up the next day at her boyfriend's mother's house. He was there. Well, we get there and say, well, I, we, I need to tell you something. And most of you know the story. She sat us down and she said, I'm pregnant. Andrea was 17 at the time. Almost, almost 18, 17, somewhere in that area. No, she was 17. She was 17. And so we said, okay, let, let's go home. Of course, big stretch. Got a teenage daughter who's pregnant. Well, most of you know, before the week was out, she ran off and married, married the, the father. So, a few weeks later, my wife's driving our van. I think it was a Quest van at the time. And um, you know how trucks lose part of their tires on the highway? Well, she didn't see it, and she ran over it. Well, running over it's not a problem. Of all things, it hit the oil filter and knocked it off. So soon after, what that little light comes up on the dash. But by the time you stop, guess what? The engine's no good anymore. Had to get a rebuilt engine, a new engine. A couple weeks later, hopefully you never get one of these calls, policeman calls, and said there's been an accident. And uh, involving your son, Jared. And uh, we don't know, that's all we know at this point, right? <clears throat> and so my, one of us had to stay at the care home. So my wife is going, and she's going out the door. She says to me, I don't know if I can take any more. See, one stress or two stresses, but three stresses. But you know the story, a chair is on his bicycle, wearing all black at night, which probably wasn't a good idea, <laughs> gets hit by a full-size pickup, breaks the upper part of his leg, could have killed him. God's uh, grace, it didn't. So we're going to look at a story about a guy that had Triple stress, if you will. Actually, an Old Testament king. And he was a good king. Uh, a lot of the kings weren't good kings, especially after Solomon, but he was a good king. And uh, he didn't just have one stressor, he had three. So, if it's a signal, we're going to help you look at three signals that stress should bring about in our lives. So, single number one is this. When I've got stress, it's time to to pray. And for most of us have been Jesus followers for a while. We probably do that, don't we? We pray. This king's name was Jehoshaphat and so he had his enemy attack him. But it wasn't just one enemy, the Moabites. It was uh, another army that came to attack him and another army. So he's being attacked from, from three different groups, three different directions if you will. Talk about stress, right? So we're going to pick up the story in 2 in Chronicles. So, was terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. So, he went to God and said, okay, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. And that's kind of what you and I do, isn't it? I think. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. The people from the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Why did he come to Jerusalem? Because that's where the temple was. Well, if you wanted to get as close to God as possible, you came to the temple. So, the text goes on. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you're the God of Abraham, you got Abraham, you helped Moses and the Israelites, he brought us into the promised land. You alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. So he's acknowledging who God is. You're the real God. You're the powerful God. You're all powerful. You're sovereign. You, you, you can handle this, right? This is under your uh, ability. This, you have the ability to handle this. So the text goes on. They said, the people, whenever we are facing faced with calamities such as war, in this case, plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple. So they're standing at the temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Cry out to God. He can take care of it. He can save us rescue us. So where's the answer to anxiety? Almighty God, right? Crying out to Almighty God. Because in most cases, you and I can't handle it. That's why we're anxious about it, right? It's out of our control. Now, came across this fascinating study, uh, Dr. Leaf. Um, She was one of these people that studied the brain. And she made this statement after some research. She said, 12 minutes of concentrated prayer for eight weeks. You can see change in your brain. A brain scan looks different after eight weeks of 12-minute prayer." So it, I put on your outline, I summarized it this way. Not only does prayer touch the heart of God... It changes the chemistry of your brain. So, not only can we be changed, our brains can be changed, or we can be changed because our brains are changed. Now, part of stress is, I think, a natural part of the way God made us. We call it um, fight or flight, right? And so, maybe you're walking through the woods and you hear a noise, and you think it's a lion, tiger, or bear. I don't know. Around here, it's probably a bear, right? Most likely not a bear, some smaller thing like a. or or a tame thing, like a deer. But you have to decide there's this this, this stress. What am I going to do? How am I going to react? That's perfectly natural. That's perfectly fine. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But then praying. Prayer is not natural. We want to fight or flight. We want to, we want to take things in our, into our own hands. Prayer is not natural. It's supernatural. We're calling on supernatural power. So the text goes on. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We, on the other hand, are powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. Sometimes we're powerless against the anxiety we have. We don't know what to do. You ever had anxiety? don't know what to do about it? But we're looking to you for help. I don't know what to do, but God, I'm asking you to help. We've all felt that, haven't we? Now, I, I talk about this a lot. It's so important to understand God's character, what God is like, especially dealing with some of these um, um, health issues, mental health issues. Okay, God all-powerful? Do you really believe that? Is he always around, always present, never leaves you? Do you really believe that? Uh, does he know everything? Um, is he always loving, even when he may be disciplining us. If you start to understand the character of God and then put that umbrella over top of what you and I are anxious about, it really can bring the anxiety level down. See, we're not designed or made to deal with anxiety on our own. We need divine help and we need other people's help. We're made for community. And so... That's why small groups are so important uh, or just a a special friend that you can share with. Peter puts it this way, cast all your anxiety on him, on Jesus, because he cares for you. He wants to help. He, He wants us to do that. The problem is we give it some of it or we give it to him and then we take it back, right? So when we're freaking out, if you will, some high stress level, Give it to God. God cares. In fact, one translation says it this way. God loves to hear your voice. Isn't that awesome? God loves to hear your voice. God loves it for you to talk to him. So, anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal first, a signal that we need to pray. But then we all have this, what I call the spiritual gift of manipulation. We try and control the situation, right? Um, Abraham. Uh, God's going to give me his promised son, but God didn't seem to be coming through, so I'm going to help God out. I'm going to manipulate the situation. This is what we tend to do. So we say we give to God the anxiety, and then we try and, and fix it ourselves. And most of us are doers, and there are, is a part for us to do. First, to pray, and then secondly... It's a time to do what? And I think this is the thing that we most of us skip. Signal number two, it's time to pause or it's time to wait. So, three enemies attacking. They're praying to, for God's help. and What do they do next? Well, let's read the text. Again, we're powerless. Uh, we can't, don't know what to do. Looking to you for help. And all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children. They got the whole family together. At, before the Lord at the temple. That's what they did next. Prayed and then went. Um, part of the healing process, they say, is to name your trauma or whatever it might be. Even if you do that or learn to do that, are you instantly healed? Some of you have done that. Are you instantly healed? You're not instantly healed. Rare, as sometimes. Some, pe- some people are. They can name it. They have a sense of healing. But for most people, it's a process. It takes time. So you work on it and you wait. You make steps forward and steps back. Um, our daughter-in-law, Aaron, who died, um, her favorite verse was in, in the Psalms, and it says this. Uh, Psalm 46.10, it's out there on the plaque at the, at the pavilion. Be still and know that I am God. If you really want to know God, if you really want to connect with God, we've got, to, we've got to stop. We've got to be still. We've got to pause. We've got to wait from the time we ask and the time that we receive. Most of the time. The text goes on. Fascinating story. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Three armies, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by the mighty owner, for the battle is not yours but God. they're thinking. Sometimes we think we're sinning when we have anxiety. Uh, just like the temptation. Just because we're tempted, sometimes we feel guilty. Just because we're tempted. Again, Jesus was tempted. He didn't sin. Temptation isn't sin. To give in to temptation is a sin. And to proceed in a negative way with, from anxiety is a sin. But anxiety is not a sin. And he says, okay, God wants to fight for you. God can fight for you. God will fight for you. And he got to thinking about <laughs> what God's already done. The greatest battle has already been won, right? When Jesus rose from the dead, he conquered death and sin so we can have a relationship with God, our sins forgiven, and spend eternity with him. <laughs> That battle's already been fought and won. So all the other battles are secondary to that, right? So if God fought that one for us, he certainly can fight the others for us. Text goes on. You will not even need to fight. Okay, three armies attacking us and we're not going to have to fight. But take up your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. said that again. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. So we're waiting now, but tomorrow we're going to go. So anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal to first pray and then to wait. And the third signal is this. It's time. This is the fascinating part. It's time to praise. It's time to praise before the solution. It's anticipation of solution. So, text goes on. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoah. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be able to stand firm. You don't believe, you won't. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. Now, all right. So, they march out into the battlefield. Who knows who went first? Did he send his best soldiers out first? Well, in some ways, maybe we call them the best soldiers. Praise team, you get to go first. That's who they send first, the musicians and the singers, into a military battle, all right? So they go out there playing their trumpets or whatever instruments they had and singing, because at this point, they just think they're going to be, there's going to be soldiers with swords and all that kind of stuff. So they get out to the battlefield, and guess what? Battle's already won. For whatever reason, the armies got mad at each other and fought each other. Text says they all got killed. <laughs> they killed all, there wasn't any soldiers left. And then they took three days to collect all the plunder. Because soldiers had resources, right? Swords and food and all that stuff. Three days. They didn't lift a hand to fight. Three days to collect. And then, of course, God did a miracle, right? They had faith before they received, before they saw, right? And so on the fourth day, what do they do? They march back into Jerusalem. Text goes on. And who's going first? The musicians. harps and lyres and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. And all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, because these were... uh, tribes and Moabites and other tribes surrounding Israel. The fear of God came over them. Whoa, we're not going to fight these Israelites. Their God fights for them. And then this last verse, Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at, what's that next word? Peace. Now this was military peace. We're talking about internal peace. For his God had given him rest on every side. That's what we want when we're anxious, right? We want rest on every side. So our challenge isn't the challenge, if you will, the source of the stress. Our challenge is how we're going to think or react or respond to the challenge. So how do we fight anxiety? First you pray, then we pause, and then we pray to God for the deliverance he's going to bring. Let me think of a verse of scripture about fighting. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 it says this we're just, just about finished. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. It might be thoughts, right? It might be spiritual entities, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world. Can't see inside our brains. Against mighty powers in the stark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly realm. Who can fight that battle? I can't fight that battle. But God can fight that battle. And then back to where we started. Ephesians chapter 4, remember? Don't be anxious about anything And the next verse says this, and the peace of God. A special kind of peace. That peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is yours. So, next steps. Some of you found this very helpful. Uh, Bible app, again, has multiple... Bible reading plans with the word anxiety in it. So I put one on your outline here. The devotions if you go there. there's The devotional part is actually written by Max Lucado in this study if you appreciate his writing. And there's the scripture passage that are recommended for each day. Hopefully you will do that uh, through this week. Let me pray with you and then we'll have our final song. Father God thank you. I thank you for this. Hopefully it's godly insight that anxiety is not sin. But it's something we need to deal with. And you gave us a, a, a plan. And I thank you for that. Uh, implementing is a little more difficult. But we ask for your strength and wisdom how to do that. And especially when we have not just one anxiety or two anxieties, but multiple anxieties. God, we, we know we can have peace in the midst of the storm. Of course, the biggest anxiety of all is death especially separated from God. So we thank you, Jesus. You provided a way. We don't need to fear death. That We're guaranteed a place in heaven with you. We see that gift of salvation. So we pray for anyone this morning that may not have a personal relationship with God, your sins forgiven, that that haven't trusted you. We pray that they would just take a step to say, I believe, I trust. Forgive me for my sin. We thank you for entering that life and changing them, God, and, and... Uh, lessening any anxiety you might have about death and thereafter. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us this morning. Continue to work in our lives through the remainder of the service as well as through this week. For your honor and glory, in Jesus' name, amen.